Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to this series called Human Intelligence versus Artificial Intelligence. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. 
that is jaef.foundation. This is a series to address the elephant in the room. Will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence? In this series, I take time to contextualize some known and unknown facts that whoever is keeping track of the developments in the artificial intelligence space should consider. You see, computers are good and have made our lives easier on so many fronts. However, there seems to be this elephant in the room that if the developments and progress we see showcased in the artificial intelligence world maintain their momentum, that there is coming a day when human-engineered intelligence, that is artificial intelligence, will actually equal or surpass our human intelligence. Whether you think so or not, I address the elephant in the room from contexts that I believe our so-called AI artificial intelligence experts seem to be ignoring. I believe the best way to address this elephant is on grounds of mind and spiritual consciousness. In this series, I break down two core functionalities or components of an intelligence system. That is mind consciousness and spiritual consciousness. You see, human beings already possess both of these functionalities. Whereas computers, on the other hand, or artificial intelligence, or human-engineered intelligence, on the other hand, is still scratching the surface of mind consciousness. Without further ado, let's dive in.
Welcome back to episode 11 of Human Intelligence versus Artificial Intelligence. This is a series to address the elephant in the room. Will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence? I try my best to provide the proper context in which we should address the question. The first ground of this argument should be through the lens of consciousness. And in the last couple of episodes, the first half of the series, we tried to differentiate that there's a difference that our consciousness is twofold, that we have mind consciousness and spiritual consciousness. Mind consciousness resides in the realm of the soul where you have your mind, your will, your emotions, your reasoning, all of that stuff. But spiritual consciousness is different. It resides in the realm of the spirit. So far, we've explored how our mind consciousness is nurtured and that it is through the five senses. That's, as human beings, that's how, that those are the entry points into our being into our soul is through our five senses and then our mind consciousness is also nurtured by our you know our past experiences as well now we are venturing into the other half of consciousness which is spiritual consciousness the guidelines for our discussion are simple just like in any experiment you need the laws governing that argument. Likewise, there are laws that we're going to lean on that are going to define the boundary of spiritual consciousness as we explore this subject of spiritual consciousness. And these are that God is a spirit being, God created man. Man is a spirit being because God, who is a spirit, created man and breathed his spirit in man. And also, the Holy Bible will be our textbook for spiritual consciousness. Now, in the last episode, we were still looking at some intriguing thoughts on mind consciousness to set the stage for spiritual consciousness. And in our last episode, it ended up being an episode of comparing and contrasting what would be, let's say, a little child, a baby born and a baby robot, and both of them start growing up together. What would they look like? let's say at age three or at age four. And basically it came down to this, that since, since robots in which artificial intelligence is being built rely on data sets from human beings, human thoughts and human experiences, basically before the robots can get, the baby robot can get to experience anything the baby human will first 
have to experience that. Man will have to capture those experiences, those thoughts, those patterns, and then somehow download them into the artificial intelligence embedded in the baby robot for it to have a record of those experiences. And then with the new uh, data processing languages, then off you go. Then perhaps this robot will be better equipped to, to respond or resonate to some of the scenarios or count encounters that the baby robot will be having at age number four, just as well as baby ro uh, the baby human will be having at age number four, as well as baby robot will have grown to age four. But we say there's certain things that you can't download. You can't download things like pain, pain thresholds, pain tolerances. You can't download um, someone experiencing a trauma and it sticks with them for 30 years and they can't shake it off and or things like being bitten by a dog and one person for the rest of their life is afraid of dogs whereas another person bitten by a dog at the same age perhaps even the same dog will be will have no fear towards dogs and they'll even go as far as putting their fingers in any dog's mouth the question that we ended on was how do you download these experiences these supreme distinctions in similar encounters this supreme this this very glaring these sharp contrasts in similar encounters how do you download them into a robot how does baby robot get to feel this at the same degree as some as as baby human and we say it will be the same thing as your father, your mother downloading all their life experiences onto you. And the argument I, I, I made was at the end of the day, even though you were to know those experiences, you, you may not be fully, you can never be your father or your mother because they actually felt those things. There was an experience in the exact moment of time that you can never have, you can never duplicate that. So, um, you know, people are saying that, yeah, you can download the human brain and technology is being innovated to do that. But can you, how can you download experiences? How can you download an experience that I had on a trip? to Paris, the experience, the thrill, you know, for the first time breathing in the air in, in, in Paris, how is the robot going to be able to, to experience that? How are you going to download that feeling when I breathed in fresh air or breathed in air of an area that I've never been in? You know, how are you going to be, how are you going to download the experience of feeling when your feet first touch down in one of the 
national parks, you know, when you're in a safari in Africa, seeing a gazelle being hunted down, there's a timestamp of experience that you can download the memory of it, but you can't download the experience. That's where we at. So anyways, and that's why I say uh, that just like you can look at the dynamics of our relationship with God is the same we can look at the dynamics artificial intelligence will have with man because God created man. Now man has created artificial intelligence and said man can never be fully God. Even though God created man in his own likeness and image, he just can never be God. There's some attributes that man can never have, which is God is all-knowing. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God is eternal. He's everlasting. He's alpha, omega. He's the beginning and the end. So that already differentiates us. And I don't know how either way, like I don't know how God can download all of him and everything that concerns him into us. Just the same way, I don't know how we can download all of us into artificial intelligence. I just don't think it's possible. You can't download all of us into artificial intelligence. The only way to have that perfect synchronicity will be if you if human beings are able to download the whole human experience into artificial intelligence. But even human beings are only created in the image and likeness of God. So that's something, you know, to think about. Um, you know, human beings, when we perceive emotions, these emotions are communicated through a neural network and charges are transmitted. But efficient intelligence can never have full perception again this is one of the points we raised up in some episodes some of the previous episodes because full perception means the full range or scope of the five sense inputs so the point being that human consciousness will always supersede artificial intelligence consciousness to the order of powers um now Let us also look at this point. Let's go back. Let us now look at the, the dynamics here between God and man. When man was first created, he only had access to the to the good side of things. Now that bears some explaining. Man had access to some, some information. Let me first put it there. But his access to it was through his spiritual consciousness. Man's mental consciousness had not been fully built. You see, man didn't have knowledge of evil or bad. So his awareness was only half. And that's what caused the problem. So the fruit that Adam and Eve ate from is called the tree was from the tree of knowledge of both good and evil. 
And I believe that was for, that would play a role in, in their mind consciousness, right? Now, the other very interesting thing is Adam and Eve, basically, they were born old. They did not have a time. They did not have time to grow. They did not have time to cultivate experiences. So God was almost going to just give them access. What they basically got was access to the knowledge of good and evil. Well, the knowledge of good and evil is also can be looked at as, as a data set. What is knowledge of good and evil? It's basically records that says this is bad, this is good. If you do this, this is bad. If you do this, this is good. If you do this, this is bad. If you do this, this is good. This is bad for you. This is good for you. Don't eat this. Eat this. This is good food. This is bad food. So they ate from the tree of knowledge of both good and evil. Now, that also is another um, another interesting point, which now dabs into if you want to talk about creation because in knowledge of both good and evil means that there's a track record of those things um you can look at it you can look at it from two from two sides from two two perspectives again we're talking about creation now and this whole knowledge of good and evil it means they could either just be thoughts or or they could actually have been experiences and that's why most people who are normally wondering and saying well the bible is ten thousand years old if you go from the book of genesis up to now it's just a little over ten thousand years and they think that they just they because they look at from the timestamp from which it talks about um the refurbishment. When you read the book of Genesis, by the way, there's a gap theory between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. So all the things that you read about in the book of Genesis, uh, for all you evolutionists, people who, you can put the timestamp of the age of the earth being 4.5 billion years and the age of the universe being whatever it's projected to be about 14 billion years. All of that can fit within Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Now, there was a creation that did exist before Adam and Eve arrived on the scene. And you can go back and read through other chapters that talk about the war in heaven where Satan is cast down onto the earth and there was inhabitants on the earth at that time. However, it still remains to be seen because those people were probably not created in God's full image and likeness. Now, there's also a chance that when God talks about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's either from a theoretical that, okay, this is good and this is evil, or it was actually going to be, they were actually going to receive a download of the actual experiences of good and evil that had happened in previous life existences before Adam and Eve. So he was basically going to give them a historical record. That would be like saying, uh, opening up a book to your child and saying, okay, in this book, I am going to show you pictures. Now, these are either pictures 
that will depict what happened in World War One and World War Two, or these are going to be pictures that will talk about what will happen in 2050 if the Earth basically, you know, and so it could either be a a, a fast forward, a more like a projection of like, okay, this will be, this is good, this is bad. It hasn't yet happened. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil could either have been things that had happened in actual reality, which I believe, so it was going to be like a historical record for them, or it was also going to be um, future good and evil. Basically, like if this happens in the future, this will be categorized as good. If this if this were to happen, this will be categorized as bad. So I want you to watch out for both. So it was it was because Adam and Eve were created as as adults. They're not created as baby humans. So there was a there was a there was a there was a part of them that was there was something that was they were denied, which is going from baby stage to adulthood. So there was a part of their mind consciousness that was denied them. So there's no way they arrive on the scene and already they start walking in mind consciousness. Mind consciousness was going to be activated by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, before that, they had to rely on another consciousness, which was spiritual consciousness. Because um, Adam and Eve relied on spiritual consciousness because one of the things that we look at in scripture, it talks about, uh, I'm trying to find a point here. It talks about when, when God brought the animals to Adam to name them, right? Where did Adam know the names? Adam, he says, whatever he called them, that was their name. Where did he get the names from? Where he where did he download these names from? It definitely wasn't from mind consciousness. It definitely wasn't from memory because he had never studied them. He had never studied them. And also, if he had studied them, it would have meant that God would have shown him a record and said, okay, this is a dog, this is a cat, this is a lion, this is this, this is this, this is that. Now, but the fact that scripture says whatever he called them, that was their name, means that he had not encountered this. He did not know this from memory, from studying, from learning. However, it was spiritual consciousness to an access. That's how he gained access to it. I'm going to let you simmer on that one. So, so that's another point that we can look at and say, okay, so Adam and Eve on the scene, when they arrive on the scene, it, it was mind conscious. I, um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was to make up for the lack of the life experience that they had missed from being having arrived being as babies and allowed to grow into adulthood so there was a fast tracking that god was going to give them and somehow those experiences would be downloaded to them now that's also a very interesting point so we, we we you can see 
also another point that, 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 that we're talking about here is the other thing here that is already separating God and man that we can see from just from Adam and Eve, from, from God and Adam, is the timeline of existence, not just the knowledge of good and evil. There's a timeline of, ex of existence that compounds. It starts to compound in your consciousness. God has existed before and exists outside of time. Mankind hasn't. Unless the, the spirits of man that have now ascended into heaven who now exist outside of time. But as long as you're still in this dimension of earth, time, space, and matter, um, God exists outside this dimension of time, space, and matter. And that's why he's called Alpha Omega. Because to you, he looks at our lives because to him, he has a point of view where 2020 and 2022 are the same dot. Right? It's not like they are stretched on a time scale. If you remove the time scale, they're just dots. If you if you if you put them on a line, on a linear line, you can differentiate them and put time in between them. But if you put 20 the year 2000 and 2022 without a line or reference point between them, it's just two dots on a surface. So that's another thing to factor in. God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He's eternal, everlasting, alpha and omega. So the other point being that mankind's consciousness has also existed for much longer than artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence will still have to depend on our consciousness. Again, I said, if you wanted an artificial intelligent robot, a baby robot, to say, oh, a baby robot has experienced what it feels to be like a human baby, it will still rely on the experiences of a human baby to be downloaded into it to say that it has also experienced that part of humanity that part of growth. So we looked at another example that is worth bringing, you know, mentioning again about um, yeah. We, yeah. Well, in one of the last episodes, one of the things we talked about was that we use a scenario of a car driving on a road and let's call that car that is advancing free will, the free will that human beings have. And we say that the car can go anywhere on, a, on, on this road network that has been designed for it, make all the twists and turns. Let's say this road network goes around the whole world. And we say you only just need one variable check and balance. And the car can go anywhere back and forth as many times as, as it wants on the road network that has been created. Call that your existence. That there's all these possibilities 
that have been created for your life that you could go this way you could go that way you could go this way you could go that way you could go this way you could go that way and chances are that the driver driving through this road network that is a road network that goes covers the entire surface of the world of this planet they can do everything without ever knowing the upper bound of their access because perhaps it's going to take them 1 million years to ever even develop the capacity of um, to, to cover that network. And I think the example that I was trying to use here was, uh, so you have this car and you just want to put a limit, right? Um, again, this is to say that even when that these limits that God has put in our existence, just things that will prevent us from um, ever really being full God. And I don't know if, depends on how you want to look at it, is our capacity is limited. The same way AI's artificial intelligence's capacity will be limited. Let's say, for instance, this driver on a network who's driving through his life, right? The life opportunities and capabilities being represented by a road network that covers the whole surface of the world, that it might require that this person has to exist for a million years to ever fully cover the whole terrain. Right? So these checks and balances that God has put within the human system, that it's also very easy for human beings to put checks and balances within the artificial intelligence system. And some of them are self, some of them you can you you can put them in, and some of them they they you know they just come by default with the system because of its limited capacity in which it has been created. But I want us to keep on moving forth because there's um, there's some interesting things I want us to keep uh, diving into here that I want us to touch on regarding spiritual consciousness. But it's also very important for us to, you know, look at the ground to 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 lay these ground rules and different scenarios that will enable us to think and play and, you know, so yeah, I'm just really trying to put more things in our toolbox for our imagination when you're talking about the subject of will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence to say, you can put checks and balances just like human beings have checks and balances in them that will prevent them from ever really being fully God. You can do the same thing when it comes to artificial intelligence. Now, let's move into another aspect of eternal life and infinity. Scientists and astronomers and a lot of them are now being confounded because they see that the universe is still expanding 
And I say that what they don't understand is that this is happening because the knowledge variables that first existed are expanding. They just keep multiplying. Now, it is true that when you look at the parallels, the dynamics of God and man or God and his creation, you can translate that as well down to man and artificial intelligence. Basically, everywhere that the human thought has gone, it is possible, can be considered as a train track for artificial intelligence to be laid on. In fact, everything that artificial intelligence can do right now is because of human thoughts and experiences that have been laid as the train tracks for this technology to be innovated, right? So likewise, the same thing applies with God. His thoughts are infinite. So wherever God's thoughts are released, wherever his imagination goes, becomes a train track for the expansion of the universe or the human experience. Think about that. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3. I want you to listen to this. This is from John, the gospel of St. John, chapter 17, verse 3. And I want you to see how this translates down into physical matter. Because the, the other argument is that the creator holds the keys for the train tracks where the creation can go. It's the same dynamic between God and man. Man cannot... Man's subset, man's existence will always be a subset of God's existence. Artificial intelligence subset will, is a subset of humankind's existence. So for as long as human beings release their thoughts and imagination in a certain direction, that becomes a governing principle for multiplication, for, for saying artificial intelligence can expand and multiply into that dimension that human creativity has made room for. The same way creation and physical matter can flow and fill up the void of the train tracks of God's imaginations and thoughts. So whenever God thinks, whenever he releases his imagination, it lays a train track that inevitably the universe expands into that dimension. And that's why its expansion looks like it has no limit. It just expands with no, it's probably not even expanding in like, in, in like, in like, in a, in a calculated manner, because you're talking about, the vastness of God, the, 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 the nature in which his thoughts and his, and his mind is winding. And so amazing things are formed 
or some things that don't even have a shape, like clouds. You know, you 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 you, you look at clouds and their shapelessness is their shape. You know, it's the nature in which physical matter is, is released. Like when you look at the expanding universe. On one hand, it looks like it has a pattern. On the other hand, it looks like it has no pattern. But where is that coming from? Well, let's see what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3. He says, and this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this is what another translation says of the same scripture from the Amplified Classic translation it says and this is life eternal it means to know to perceive to recognize to become acquainted with and understand you the only true and real god and likewise to know him jesus as the christ the anointed one the messiah whom you have sent it says, this is life eternal. It is, it is a function of knowing, perceiving, recognizing, becoming acquainted with and understanding God as the only true and real God. This is the God of the Bible. And likewise, to know him who? Jesus Christ as the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. So, this is life eternal. Life eternal for us, or what scientists struggle with and they call infinity, this non-stop existence is a product of knowledge. This is what Jesus is saying here. Eternity in its essence is a product of knowledge. Jesus says, this is life eternal that they may know. So, we can create an equation that says life eternal is equal to knowledge. You could even simplify this equation to life is equal to knowledge. Yes. On one hand, you could say life eternal is equal to knowledge eternal. For as long as you have eternal knowledge, you have life eternal. Now, life is equal to knowledge. How is this true? Well, let's strip it down. Is life really equal to knowledge? Yes. How? The reason people are dying of cancer is because we do not know how to deal with that problem. And of course, from a medical science perspective. Is life equal to knowledge? Yes. Because death is equal to what you don't know. This person has died because of cancer. Why? Because the doctors did not know how to cure it. They could not find a cure. They could not find the disease. So death is equal to what you don't know. Life is equal to knowledge. Life is equal to what you know. So life is equal to knowledge and death is equal to lack of knowledge. And in fact, Scripture explicitly says this in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, and in another place in Scripture. 
This is from the mouth of God himself. He says, this is from Hosea, the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. And it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh-huh. You remember the equation from above that life is equal to knowledge and death is equal to, to lack of knowledge. So God is saying here, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. This is just the consequences of us rejecting the knowledge of God. He says, okay, you've rejected me, I'll also reject you. And I will forget your children. But that equation, you can see it right there in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, life is equal to knowledge because it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So in life, whatever is death right now in our lives is because there's something we do not know. Death is equal to lack of knowledge. Life is equal to knowledge. It's like two people both doing the same job. You know, two people investing, they're both probably investing, let's say, in the stock market. But one person is making profit, the other person is not. The other person is not making profit because there's things they don't know that the person who's making profit and winning knows. So life is equal to knowledge and death is equal to lack of knowledge. Now, here, the reason God becomes the definition of eternity is that he is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. So he becomes our definition of eternity. All creation is brought out of what God knows. And since the scripture says God's thoughts are infinite, it says they can't be numbered. It says they're pretty much endless. That's why Jesus said, this is life eternal, that they might know you. Because God's thoughts are eternal. They're infinite. They cannot be numbered. So I'll read through some of the scriptures that Father illustrate this point. For Jesus to have said, this is life eternal, that they might know you, it means life eternal is equal to knowledge. Life eternal is equal to knowledge eternal. Or life eternal is, yeah, life eternal is equal to knowledge eternal. That means God's knowledge is eternal. And this is what scripture says. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here that are talking about this aspect of life eternal. Because again, scientists are wondering, said, man, the universe is expanding. But it's because the person laying the train tracks, his thoughts, his imagination, his creativity is eternal, is endless, it's infinite. 
infinite possibilities. Therefore, train tracks for eternity are going to be eternal. So the universe can find is, is still finding expression of, of these thoughts that God has released. Again, is that so? It is true because think about it. Artificial intelligence needed the input. Yes, at a certain point, artificial intelligence can go off and multiply and, and make different variations and combinations, permutations and combinations of the of, of the data of what human beings have downloaded into it. But if we do not give artificial intelligence the first entry points, the first data points of our existence, our being, our feelings, our emotions, whatever we're able to download into artificial intelligence, there's no way it would be able to, to express itself in that dimension. So wherever artificial intelligence can express itself, wherever innovation can take it, is still a product of the original thoughts or that human beings have allowed it to have access to. So wherever, wherever God allows matter to have access to, if, 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 if there's access, basically, if spiritual matter exists, physical matter can, can take that shape. But as long as spiritual matter has not been given access, physical matter cannot fill that void. So this is what scripture says about um, God's thoughts. This is more evidence uh, or this is a description that we know about God and why life eternal is equal to knowledge. This is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 to 9. It says, he says, this is from the mouth of God. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So here we have a depiction, it says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Another scripture from Job chapter, th chapter 36 verses 26 says, Behold, God is exalted and we do not know him. The number of his years is unsearchable. Wow. It says, behold, God is exalted and we do not know him. That is a big statement. The number of his years is unsearchable. This is from Deuteronomy 29, verses 29. Chapter 29, verses 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever that we may observe all the words of this law. 
These are the mysteries of the universe that man is still trying to search for. It says the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us. So these things that God has allowed us to have access to, and it allows us to have expression in that dimension. Likewise, there are things that man can withhold from artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence won't be able to find expression in that dimension. Okay. This is another one. Job chapter 5 verse 9 says, Who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number? Wow. Again, this is this is the expans expansivity of God. It says he does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. Wow. That is from the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 9. It says, <laughs> says, I would seek unto God and Unto God would I commit my cause. Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number? Wow. Let's go again. This is another one. Job chapter 11, verse 7 says, Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Again, this is a man who sat down and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he's telling them, can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? No one can discover if God is limited in anything. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Job 36, verses 22, 23 is also beautiful. It says, Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has appointed him his way? And who has said, You have done wrong? That's another powerful one. It's again talking about the expense of being God. It says, who can say to him, you have done wrong? Who has appointed him his way? Let me see if I can find it in another translation for us to get something even more beautiful. Look, God is all powerful. Who is a teacher like him? No one can tell him what to do or say to him, you have done wrong. Behold, God exalts and does loftily in his power. Who is a ruler and a teacher like him? Says, Who is a ruler and teacher like him? Who has appointed God his way? Or who can say you have done unrighteousness? So you cannot appoint, you cannot lay train tracks for God. God lays train tracks for you. Artificial intelligence cannot lay train tracks for us to find expression. Rather, we lay train tracks for artificial intelligence to find its expression.
love this one. It says, do you have any idea how powerful God is? Have you ever heard of a teacher like him? Has anyone ever had to tell him what to do or correct him saying, you did that all wrong? Remember then to praise his workmanship, which is so often celebrated in song. Everybody sees it. Nobody is too far away to see it. Even the people who look at the universe, the beauty around them that don't believe in God, somehow they are amazed at this creation. They are. The expression of God's magnificence. There is this other scripture from Psalms 139 verses 1 to 6 says, for the quiet, uh, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Wow. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable wow that one is there again this is all i'm just trying to lay train tracks for you to get your understanding to understand that um when we talk about life eternal there's a vastness to god that we are not even aware about says, have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the God, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. says, there is no searching of his understanding. Wow. There is no searching of his understanding. Other translations say, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. There's no searching of his understanding. His understanding is unsearchable. I love this other one. This is from Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 34. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable and his judgments and unfathomable his ways for who has known 
the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor. Again, you're seeing an advantage that whoever that the creator has over the creation. It says, who has known the mind of, of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who was given, who was first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to him to whom be glory forever. Amen. The expansive the expansivity of God's knowledge. That's what we're trying to paint here. Says the depths and riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unfathomable, how inscrutable, how unsearchable are his judgments, his decisions, and how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has understood his thoughts or has ever been his counselor? Who has first given God anything that he might be paid back or that he could claim a recompense? There's something here. It's like, who has first given God anything? So again, in the contrast, as a compare and contrast, God and man, we see these things apply as well to man and artificial intelligence. So this would this would be like us telling a humanoid robot that have you ever given anything to man that you may be paid back or that you could claim a recompense? Meaning that human beings are the ones who have first given of their inception to artificial intelligence. And in relation, in respect to human beings, just like the scripture here says, in respect of God and man, it says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. For all things originate with him and come from him. All things live through him. And all things centering and tend to consummate and to end in him. To him be glory forever. Amen. Wow. Likewise, this can be said of the dynamics between human beings and artificial intelligence, where we can say, in respect to human, to human beings, Whatever artificial intelligence is or can be, is from us and through us and to us are all things artificial intelligence. In respect to artificial intelligence, all things about it will have originated from us and come from us. And its existence will still be through us. And all things around it will center in and tend and consummate and end in us. Meaning we can put checks and balances. And then there's 
these last two scriptures that I want to use, and I think we have laid some good ground to really you know, start diving deeper and exploring spiritual consciousness because it's something we cannot ignore. I know some of my folks across the aisle who might think of consciousness as only mental and want to totally ignore spiritual consciousness. There's some other compelling arguments that I have to present. But we'll get to that in the next episode. I just want to wrap up with these two scriptures that paint this picture of God's expanse, the life eternal is to know God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, this relates to the point that I made that you cannot um, Artificial intelligence cannot know all of man's thoughts. It will have access to what we give it access to. And this is what the scripture is saying. Who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? It's, this is even just in relation to people, to each other, right? In reference to one another, you cannot know all my thoughts. I cannot know all your thoughts. I can tell you. But you can only know me as far as I've told you or I've expressed myself to you. That's why it's saying, even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Then this one is very interesting. Again, this is another check and balance that God has put in human beings. And it says... God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Yet so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. It's interesting. There's a contrast he's putting out. He's saying... The scripture is saying, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set in eternity in our human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Life eternal is knowing the eternal God, is having knowledge of God's eternal knowledge. Selah. This was episode 11 
of human intelligence versus artificial intelligence. And we are addressing the elephant in the room. Will artificial intelligence ever equal or surpass human intelligence? In the next episode, we'll continue laying more ground for spiritual consciousness. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Song eternally